It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. All right, here we are. It's a Thursday. Adam the Bull, G. Bush, and weekend at Bernie's over here. There we go. <laughs> I'm on vacation in two hours and six minutes. I thought you were starting gonna, early. I thought you was hungover. I was like, yeah. dang, he hungover before the vacation? Yeah. Hey, now Siri is now counting down. Two hours and six minutes. <laughs> He's counting down. That's I'll let right. that one go. That's right. We're going to the beach when there the show's over. So this is this the this the uh, big beach? What, what beach? East Coast, West Coast? Beach. Jersey Shore. We're going to Jersey Shore. Okay. Long weekend. I'll be back. We'll be back late Sunday night. That's not, that's, so I brought my nice. Hawaiian shirt to yeah, uh, to good. celebrate. I do you like the beach? I hate the. Beach. I hate the beach, but hate my it. family loves the beach. I am Kids not. Kids love it. Women love the beach. Most guys don't love the beach. The first day, I normally get third degree burns everywhere, and yeah. then I spend the rest of the trip underneath the umbrella with the shirt on. Like, that's yeah. that's my vacation. Yeah, I ain't doing that. I'm going to Florida for nine days, late February, early March. I booked it way out early. Nine right? days, you got your support? And I'm not going to the beach once, I don't think. Okay. That's, way that's criminal. I'm not going to lie, Bull. That's, I got that's po- bad. I'm going to have a pool. I'm going to get an Airbnb. We're going to have a pool. We're going to have a hot tub. And listen, I, what maybe, I want- maybe in the beach in the what morning. What part of Florida? But- what part? Uh, we're flying into Tampa, but we haven't picked the place we're staying yet. We may stay in Clearwater. We may stay. I don't know where we're going to stay yet. So what I want you to, I'm going to give you some advice. Um, before yeah. you go, make sure you don't have any literature on you because they're burning books at the border. So make sure you just <laughs> you don't have nothing on you. Just they get rid of all stuff. That's health, it. Health magazines. Um, if there's out. any, and, and definitely if there's anything that re- references like last decade or anything in the past. It's out. It's out. All right, so we'll, stay, we'll stay away from that. Lots to get to today. Uh, I, I, you know, you got my nice shiny white legs on. There you go. There you go. I said G's been wearing shorts for two weeks. I'm wearing shorts. There you go. Look, your legs look a lot different than G's. I know. (laughs) His legs are less noticeable on TV. Yeah, those curly whites. I put my sunglasses back on. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, don't stare straight. Bull's calves. Do you have a quad muscle? Do you have a quad? Darn right, I do. My shorts too short. I got shorts Somebody too give short. this man a blanket. Uh, <laughs> I can't look at this for the next two hours. Oh my god! Your boys. <laughs> my eyes. My eyes. Uh, you know, it always baffled me when I would put on the news why everybody was wearing a, a shirt and tie. It always seemed dumb to me. It always seemed dumb that anybody had to go to a job wear a shirt and tie, or why women forced themselves to wear high heels. It can't be comfortable. I don't have no problem with that, though. We don't. Well, we... I know, but that's selfish on our part. <laughs> yes, I get it. Women look good with high heels. I'm gonna, hey, but I remember, I remember being at a Cavs game once, and there was this girl. She's walking down the aisle towards like the the floor seats. Mm-hmm. 
She, she, you know, had just eaten, so she was up to 67 pounds. <laughs> and she must have been wearing, like, foot, a foot-long heel. Yeah. And she could barely walk. Yeah. And I'm like, this is insane. This is, it's our fault. It's men. We've ruined the world. But. <laughs> um, dramatic turn yeah, for 1103. Oh! On a- Thursday. Steve, Steve, Steve I, I was a minute late on the over/under for yeah. when Steve was going to text us about your legs. It came at eleven o three. Yeah, the I mean, over/under was eleven o three. Was it just a gif this of him driving? show. You know what makes this show unique is we are totally honest. <laughs> we don't uh, f- fit into societal norms. We don't fit into TV or, or radio norms. We do our thing. And when you sit, this this show is supposed to be about sitting in a bar or sitting in your man cave with your buddies and chatting about sports. And when you do that, you don't wear a, sh- a shirt and tie. You don't wear pants in the summer. You, you can walk around naked if you uh, want. Unless Tomorrow, you- Jason's coming in naked. That's it. <laughs> unless you have yeah. an a, a outfit competition with one of your fellow, one of your fellow castmates. Tyvis yeah. came in here looking like Tupac last year. That was crazy. That was crazy. But yeah, man, yeah, yeah. that's what it is, Let's bro. Let's go. If anybody doesn't like it, it's tough. Uh, by the way, I watched I didn't really watch I was listening to it in my car your your uh, behind the glass podcast yesterday I was driving and so I had it what's well, so the only annoying thing about YouTube is that if you're listening to it in the car you you have to have the app open yeah you can't close it and still listen it's right a pain it's, in the ass. It's, I don't know why that happens yeah but I was listening to it so I wasn't actually watching except when I saw Anthony's giant headphones for a second but um, uh, I Earl I, I I, I know we're going to talk about pairing one free for a minute, you know, in a little bit in terms of what this means going forward to the position. But I just wanted to say I, I, I thought Earl uh, was really great when he was talking about his, his anger problems and kind of relating a, a little bit to what went on with Perry on Winfrey. But you got to find that stopping point. And as someone like Earl who has anger issues, mine are mostly controlled. I still – I know that sounds ridiculous to say it's mostly controlled, but I get angry a lot. But the extent I take it to, I mean, when I was a teenager, when I was in my early 20s, like Perry on Winfrey is, I was quick to get into a fight. I got into a lot of fights when I was young, and some of them were over nothing, stupid reasons, as teenagers do. Now, I don't know if that's happening as much these days, because it seems like when there's, when there's an incident between teenagers these days, guns come out. And when I was a kid, that nobody, you know, Fist that wasn't came out. Yeah, it was, you beat the crap out of each other, and then you went home. You went home, and that was that. You put in a, you put a bag of peas on your eye, and, and <laughs> you know, you, you lived to, to fight another day. But I can, you know, I was re- very re- much relating to what Earl was saying. But it also made me think that we have to realize sometimes. And I'm not apologizing for him at all. Perry, well, Perry on Winfrey, putting your hands on a woman is never okay. Never. End of conversation. It's never okay to put your hands on a woman. Uh, I will say that it's easy for us to say, especially me, who's now 52 years old, and outside of no offense, Director Steve, I'm the oldest one here. um, It's easy for me to say, well, you got to learn to control that temper. Well, that took me a long time. When I was Perry, I never put my hands on a woman in my life. But when uh, when I was Perry on Winfrey's age, I could see somebody saying something stupid to me and me wanting to fight. Now, again, I knew enough even then to not put my hands on a woman, but 
I, I would have gotten into a stupid fight like that if that were a man saying something like that to me when I was 22 that I wouldn't get into now at 52. So we all learn o- over time. You know, hopefully for his sake, he'll grow up because he may have thrown his whole career down the toilet. Oh, uh, no, yeah. It's, it's I, I think. And, you know, I'm, I come out on the human side a lot of times. I, I try to be advocates for younger players. Um, you know, this is why, you know, you need some sort of structure. You need, like, the, there has to be something that the league and, and some people can do because they're not, it, it, it's not sinking in for them. I, I, I think they do something where they, they just kind of say, okay, there's some people out there that don't may not like you. You may get into some trouble. But they got to do something more than the symposium or whatever the case may be, showing these dudes, look, man, when you get in here, you are different. They have to preach that. You are different. You are different from everybody else. Like, you're, you're different from your family now. You're different from this is the highest part. Like, the NFL is so popular that players are more popular than politicians, than clergy, than police. Like, you are the top of the food chain. That's it. You, it's the highest to high in, in this country. So, if you don't understand that for your life has changed forever, you're going to continue to make some of these decisions because you keep thinking I'm, I'm part of the regular society. No, you're not you're not part of regular society. You were you were set aside as a person that's like looked at on a pedestal, whether you like it or not. And everything that you do is going to, to, to you know, come back and it'll bite you if you don't have the right type of energy. And I've always said when you this big and I, I, I learned this lesson from it was a police officer who used to come talk to our football team. And, and back then, you know, we, us being a party school and drinking a lot, he said, listen, you guys don't understand. Like, even if somebody comes up and hits you first, like it could be a man or a woman, you, you, you physically can't hit them back. He's like, because you're going to go to the court, court of law and say, look, man, um, that guy, he runs, they'll use it against you. He runs a 4-6. If he, if he wanted to get away from that guy, he could just run. And then you say, well, why do I have to run? They're like, well, listen, self-defense is defending yourself to a point where someone can't harm you. You're strong enough to restrain the person. You're fast enough to run away from them. And you you guys are walking around in a pack of five to six of you guys that are top-notch athletes. Less than 3% of the people go play Division One football based on athleticism. So there's no reason because if you hit somebody, If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. They could die. <laughs> like, you could kill someone. You could punch somebody and accidentally he hits his head, you die. Um, so, you, there's a lot of things that go into it, and it's unfortunate because Perion may or may not get his career back. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just another thing served to say, athletes, you just, you, you got to watch yourself, man. Jason? Perion needs help, and maybe you have to hit rock bottom yeah. before that happens, and maybe this is rock bottom for him. I don't know how much lower it could go. I think his career is in grave danger. I don't, I don't know who's willing to give him another chance right yeah. now. 
Listen, the book on Perion is a lot deeper than what has even been out there. Like, mm-hmm. we've heard stuff going back to Oklahoma and, you know, the the security department of the Browns, what they pulled up on him going into the draft, and there was all kinds of flags around this guy going into the draft and issues he had with vehicles this past season that didn't all come out. And I know a lot, but don't have enough confirmed to say, you know what I mean? It's one of those yeah, because yeah, of the yeah. role I'm in. I, but there's a lot out there with him. He should have been cut a long time ago. He had no business being on even on this team to this point. After the most recent offseason incident, he should have been cut because he, he wasn't the drop. The charges, I don't, I don't want to misspeak. The charges weren't dropped because they were false. It was dropped because he went through this program. Right. So he needs to get his life in order. He needs to get his life together. And the Browns are on thin ice with stuff like this. They cashed in all their chips on Deshaun. And you can even go back to Kareem. Now, Kareem really sort of kept it in line. He had the one traffic incident after he got here. But the Browns were the first team to rush in and, and draft or sign Kareem really before he even had a chance to sort of rehab himself or whatever word you want to use. They were yeah. first in line. Then the whole Deshaun thing. Now Perrion. Guys, you're out of chances. You can't do this anymore. You cannot take chances on mid-level guys who have a history of violence against women. You just can't. There's plenty of other football players out there to go pick from. The Browns are out of chances, as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah. They've used all their chips now. Right. So it's time, and, and he should have been gone already. I hope he gets yeah. his life together. I hope he finds counseling. He needs it. Clearly he needs it. It's just, there's just too much smoke around this guy. And it's a shame yeah. because, I mean, go back to draft night. Everybody loved him because yeah. he was such, he seemed like such a great entertaining right. personality. And there is some talent there, but. Some, not but not to, enough to put no. up with all this. No, no, no. And, and the bottom line, though, on Perrion, before we move on, is. As anybody knows, if you have an anger issue, as Earl and I do, or Perrion does, or if you have an addiction issue, you can't – it's it's one thing to say he needs help. You have to want to help yourself. Absolutely. If you don't want to help yourself, if you don't acknowledge that you have a problem, then nobody can help you. And That's he's, it. And how many times has he been – have people gone out of their way to clean up his mess because of who he is, right, because right, right. he was a top football player at Oklahoma, yeah. because he played on the Browns? Someone has always cleaned up his mess that's for right. him. But those days are over now. It's time to clean up your own mess, yeah, carry on. That's it's it. Time. If, he, if he wants to get another shot in the league or a life, then he's got to clean up his – he's got to want to get help. Yes. He's got to want to change his life. Now, he's out of the mix for the Browns. So, we're going to stick with this here, and we'll get to the GM conversation after. Uh, yesterday, I mentioned, well, maybe the Browns would, would dip their toe in the veteran defensive tackle waters once again. They did, obviously, this offseason by signing Dalvin Tomlinson. They also brought in Maurice Hurst yep. from, from San Francisco. Tristan Hill from the Cowboys. And Tristan Hill from the Cowboys, right. Uh, I mentioned in Dominican Sue yesterday, You both you and, and Tyvis made the point you think he will probably uh, not want to sign until camp's over. He's had that, you know, he's done that the last few years. There are some other veteran names. Ionitis was – was like a pro bowler as recently as 2021. I was campaigning for the Browns to sign Ioannidis at the start of free agency. Yeah. And he has indicated he doesn't want to come into any team until at least midway through camp. Yeah, and maybe all those guys feel that way. Uh, Listen, Perry on Winfrey wasn't a lock to make the roster. So I don't think the Browns have to bring in another defensive tackle. Do you think they should? No, and Mikey sent this out. This morning, right when he sent out, my first yeah. thought was, "Well, Perrin wasn't going to make this team anyway." That's why I don't understand why he was. Still, why, why was he here? He wasn't going to make this team. 
Are you so certain? I'm f- based on. All I mean, I haven't. I haven't had anyone in the organization tell yeah. me he was going to make it. But just just watching it, his production level, watching how many problems there's been with this other off-field incident, right. I couldn't understand why. I they didn't thought cut he him. had a chance because they have nobody, no short things. Here's in that why he had a chance. For Tomlinson, Zach Jackson, my partner at the Athletic, yeah. made a fantastic observation that, frankly, I didn't see. So we we had the opportunity to watch some film of Jim Schwartz's past defenses in Philly. Yeah. And Zach made the observation, if you look at the, I think it was the the right defensive tackle, had the exact same frame as Perrion. Like, it was identical to Perrion. Mm-hmm. So that's why I guess he would have had a chance. I don't, I, I didn't think he was going to make this team. I think we talked about it over the whole yeah. offseason. I didn't think he was going to make it. So, therefore, now, do, if you need a camp body, okay, fine. If you need someone for, for reps for the summer heat, you want to rotate guys in, okay, then go ahead and sign someone. But I don't know that necessarily anyone that they sign, they have any intention of keeping to make this team because I didn't think Perrion was going to make this team anyway. Gee, I, I thought, well, you look you look at Perrion Winfrey, you look at just, if you strip away all the other stuff, you look at his, his, his physical attributes as a defensive lineman. He's more linear. He's more streamlined. He's more of a smaller pass rush type defensive end. If you go back and watch the All-22 on Perrion Winfrey, he struggles at the point of attack when it comes to double teams and taking up double teams. However, he's playing more constricted in a traditional one technique and or, or, or three technique. They're going to be a little wider in Jim Schwartz's defense. And one thing he can do is is – what they call, you know, changing the line of scrimmage. Like, they want guys that can penetrate upfield, get upfield, and cause a little bit of havoc. That's pretty much what the, his best trait is. Is he going to be a run stopper? Not really. He struggled mightily. You go back and look at the scores. You can see it on there in the film. But I thought he had an opportunity to be a part of the defense, and that's why they did keep him around after the last episode, right? Um, I thought they were going to give him one more opportunity because of the fact that they're like, okay, he fits better than Tommy Togiai. I think Jordan Elliott could play in this defense. He's, he's, he's a guy that gets upfield as well. And, and they like this type of player coming in. He showed some bright spots last year, but um, I think he could have made a team. I think he would have been a rotational guy, but they knew this too. This, this is the reason they brought in Tristan Hill. It's the reason they brought in Maurice Hurst. It was the reason why they got Thomason. And you can actually kick down Zedarius Smith and put him at three technique on pass rush downs too. Mm-hmm. So you know they got they got enough bodies. I think they'll they'll be all right in, in the middle. I, I don't think you would ever ha- you could ever have enough good players in in a rotation on the defensive line. Uh, and Dominic and Sue could still help a team. Uh, and I, I, if I, I guess I at this point, if they were going to bring in any of those guys. It's going to happen later in camp. Yeah. After they see, you know, we talked maybe about they, maybe they get through camp and realize they still have a need there. Right. Or there's yeah. an injury because right now Dalvin Tomlinson is the only short starter sure. in the position. Right. Yeah. Maurice Hurst was good in San Francisco his first two years, but he hasn't played for two years. Right. Uh, Hill is, you know, more of a backup type player. Togi, I think we all agree that guy's probably going to get cut. Dillard's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out. Yeah, he's he's gone. <laughs> so you know, is this the year? As G says, maybe Jordan Elliott fits Schwartz's system, and maybe Elliott finally has a decent year. He's been mostly a non-factor. Yeah. in his years here in Cleveland. So, by the way, yeah. um, signing like finding a defensive tackle, like, is hard. Yeah, that is hard. Yeah. Is yeah. like, is it like we were talking about hit or miss? 
Man, it's hard. Like, I, you don't, like, you can draft a guy top five, top ten. You can draft him in the sixth round. It is so hard to predict whether or not these guys are going to come in and be anything. It's just tough. Yeah. I was reading a column. I actually read two columns in the Athletic uh, this morning. Oh, oh, I, read, wow. I read Zach Meisel's column this morning about the trade deadline. And I read uh, the AFC North whip around mm-hmm. column. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the AFC North whip around column in the Athletic that came out this morning, each of the four beat reporters for the AFC North was asked the question, who is the most important player? Who can the team, who can the each team least afford to lose besides the quarterback? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring it, this up, not because of the of Zach Jackson's answer about the Browns, but it's the Bengals answer to the point defensive tackle that um, the Bengals beat reporter who is, who can I think of who it is right now? Paul, Paul Daner. Yeah. Is that the guy? Yeah. Um, he mentioned DJ reader mm-hmm. who is the Bengals. No, I mean, they've run a four, three, but he's their key guy at defensive mm-hmm. tackle. And he made the point that, and, and we've seen this, I've seen it. Like if you're not watching the Bengals regularly, you're not going to notice. Right. You know, we notice the Browns defensive tackles because we watch them all the time. And I watch the Bengals all the time. Right. But I don't know the defensive tackles that well besides Aaron Donald on any other team because mm-hmm. I'm not watching them carefully. Cam Hayward. Cam, right, Cam Hayward. Yeah, yeah. But they mm-hmm. made, but he made the point because you wouldn't think that a defensive tackle would be the most important guy besides the quarterback or the the guy that would hurt the team the most. But if you've looked at the Bengals the last three years, when DJ Reader has played, their defense has been borderline excellent. Mm-hmm. When he's not played, they've been average to below average. Yeah. That's a big difference because mm. he is takes up two guys on that line, and you know that's what you're hoping uh, with Tomlinson with the Browns. Go ahead, I actually Mike. disagree with you guys on this one. I think they do need to bring in another body. And to your point, outside of Tomlinson, yeah. I don't trust anyone else in that defensive tackle room. But I'm not sure that the guys in free agency at this point are all that good at short and, things either. And I'm not saying anyone's a surefire lock. Right. But I want as many guys in there who I think could potentially be that second, third, fourth guy to weed out whoever I know for sure isn't. And I know that's, you know, icing on the cake, maybe an extra over-the-top luxury to have. But Mohurst hasn't been healthy long enough. Tristan Hill hasn't been healthy long enough. Jordan Elliott hasn't been good long enough. Tokyo is, who knows? Hasn't been good at all. Siaki Ika is a rookie who's never yeah. played in the NFL, and he's gonna have to have an adjustment going from the big, the Big Twelve at Baylor yeah. to the NFL. I just don't feel confident in that group outside of Tomlinson that they have a guy that you can count on. I don't. Maybe not week in week out, but for at least seventy percent of the season to be there as a stalwart. God forbid Tomlinson goes down. I would bring someone in, especially a veteran, considering how young the rest of that room is. I don't disagree with most of what you just said, but did, per- did you really have that much confidence in Perry on Winfrey? No, but even before Winfrey like the left, guys I had that, a topic. Right, the, the guys board, that are you, available. You thought they needed somebody else anyway. I had a topic saying? for next week saying, do you actually trust this defensive tackle room? Before yeah. any of this Winfrey yeah. stuff went on. No, so I this get, just exaggerates, or not exaggerates, but this accelerates my thinking that they need a second D-tackle. I mean, the, some of the guys on that list are better than Perry on Winfrey right now. Yeah. Right. So why, why didn't why weren't they here anyway? You know that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know that that cutting Winfrey really has that much of a change because no, those guys were already I better. I think Mike's so. point is he thought he already thought they needed. It yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna yeah. say that regardless of what happened to Winfrey before mm-hmm. any of this stuff happened, I was gonna ask you guys next week. Hey, yeah. are you confident hey, I, in this defensive tackle room to begin? I with? I, I think bringing in the defensive tackle would make some sense. I, I I don't know. It's a huge deal. I also think that if they brought one of those guys, if they were 
you're a couple of weeks into camp and it's looking like none of these guys are legit starters and you feel like Sue that Sue has been a guy who's waiting for a team that's good. Yeah. And we don't know that the Browns are going to be He didn't get signed until October. No. Right. Like, that's yeah. what he did last now, year. Now, some of these other guys on there, I don't know how good they are at this point. Right. Uh, and also, I think when you're doing team building exercises, at some point, the GM and the scouting department has to hit on guys. Like, you yeah. can't just have free agents. Like, right. as, as much as we would like to, like somebody that you drafted, whether it's Ika, whether it's yeah. Tommy Tokia, whether it's Jordan Elliott, somebody got to do something. Otherwise, you got to lose your job. Yes. Speaking of which. If you're signing ahead. starting yeah. free agents, it's because you blew the draft. Yes. That's right. So, Speaking of which. That brings us right into our next topic. That's that was right. G. Bush. Sometimes you have the best transitions Look unintentionally. At Look, at Look at Sometimes. that. You want to set it up? You want me to set it up? I will set it up. So Mike asked us this question. I don't know where this came from out of the blue. I feel like we have talked about this in the past. Well, we did the owners last week, and then on Monday it got brought up briefly. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, how yeah, the owners did. relate to the GMs. <laughs> yeah, right. But with so, Jason here, and Jason knows all yeah, three who, and probably knows them better. He goes out to eat with all of them, right? Yeah. yeah oh, there was at, there was at, uh, What's that? I, <laughs> I have actually had a meal with one of the Cleveland GMs. Have you, have you intentionally? Had yes. Have I had a when meal? I first moved to Cleveland, Mike Chernoff invited me to lunch. Oh, wow. We had lunch. Now I can't get a text back when I text him. <laughs> but he did invite me. Look, because I knew his dad. Yeah, his yeah, dad yeah, was my yeah, boss yeah, in New yeah, York. You had okay. a bad first date. Oh, and we had he lunch. Ghosted. We had, we now he ghosted you. <laughs> we had a very nice time. We had a very nice lunch at a uh, place on East 4th. I, uh, I actually, I don't think I've had a meal with any of the current guys. See, there you go. So I'm ahead of Jason on that. Yeah, you are. They they got even, me. I don't even know who the hell I am. What you talking about? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, like, and oh. for the sake of this yeah. conversation, just before people in the YouTube chat tell us, well, Kobe Altman's not technically the GM. He's the basketball And I mentioned uh, my turnoff, who is the GM, but Kobe Altman. Uh, but- Chris Antonetti. Chris Antonetti. So, yes, we understand they're not technically the GM, but right. in this discussion, who is the best decision maker of the operations of said team? So, for this discussion, we're talking about yeah. Andrew Berry, Kobe Altman, and Chris Antonetti. Yeah, the answer, I don't even know why this is a debate. There's no debate. It's obviously Chris Antonetti. Now, the only thing you could debate is who's done a better job over the last year. Yeah. Well, then I could say Kobe Altman yeah. has probably done been the best over the last year. But if you look at their entire body of work. I don't know. Guardians went to playoffs last year and won a round. Cavs got bounced, won one playoff game. Right, but I would say he's done a better job of roster building in the last year. I know what you're saying. Than the Guardians have. However, body of work, I don't even know how there's a discussion here. Yeah. Chris Antonetti slash, I'll say slash Mike Chernoff, their body of work is overall considering the limitations they have and the disadvantages they have that the other teams in the city don't have. Yeah. Uh, if you factor that in, then it's even more of a blowout. Uh, this team now in the end, you could say, well, the Cavs have won a championship. Although Kobe Altman didn't put that championship together. Uh, and the guardians have not. And that's a fair criticism. Uh, however, there you go. You just saw Chris Anthony and Mike Chernoff there. They have consistently put together good teams on a low payroll. Now, again, I've been critical of their job over the last year, but overall body of work, they've get, they're have they an A. At worst, an A minus. Kobe Altman is below that, he, although he's done a, you know, a decent job, certainly better than we thought. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I mean, at this point in time, Andrew Berry at best is a C. Yeah. At well, best. But here's the thing. Andrew Berry got the highest ceiling because say, for instance, Deshaun Watson is good and they go to the Super Bowl. He just leapfrog everybody because the risk reward is so high. Yeah. No other no other person was going to not only matter of fact, you got to look at the deal. That's a pretty huge if but but I'm saying like yeah. I, he but there's room for that, right? If you look at the fact that, that they gave him the contract or they offered him the 200. I mean, the Guardians were went one win away from the ALCS uh, last Tied year. in the ninth inning yeah. in, in, in 2016 from a so World Series. So it's not like they were that far away I mean, and they could it, get right back there next year. But it's the cheat code, though. It's football. Yeah. It's the Browns. And but we're talking about the job they've done but, to this point. But, here, but see, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, in the, he's probably in last place. But you have to look at the fact that if Deshaun Watson turns out to be what Deshaun Watson is and the Browns can get off the snide of not having a quarterback for all oh, 50 years and he figures that out, the fact that he gave up three first-round picks is unprecedented. The contract was unprecedented. Actually, he turned them down and they still kept going after it. So if he pulled that off and the Browns can actually say they have a franchise quarterback, which is the most difficult position to get right in all of sports, you have to look at him and say, well, damn it, it was a C, but now? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a conversation for next year if yeah. all these things happen. Uh, plus, you got to look at what else he's done. It's not like he found the quarterback out of nowhere. He traded for him, and I'll give him credit for that if it does work out, and I think it will, but and Jimmy has Jimmy Haslam had a lot to do with that with well I mean, yeah. Barry, Barry had the relationship with David Mulligetta, the agent. They stayed in touch after after Deshaun said no. Andrew kept the conversation going, but Jimmy Jimmy going over the top and saying let's guarantee two hundred thirty million had as much or more to do with Deshaun coming here. Let is, me ask you this: if if, if he don't if Deshaun don't work out, who's on the chopping block? Oh, for? owners don't fire themselves. Right. Right. So, <laughs> so if, if he's gonna, the, I, I'll give him the credit, fine. But we it's got, like giving Dan credit for the championship when LeBron came back. Right, right, right. Like LeBron right. got that championship. It yeah, wasn't Dan. Exactly. It wasn't David Griffin. It was LeBron. That's right. I agree with that. Uh, so are you? So are you saying Andrew Berry is number one? No, no, no. Are you no, saying no, he no. could be by next no, year? No, I'm saying he could be. Like he, he turn around. Right, but right now, how do you rank them? Um, right now, I got. I give it to man. That's you know, it's a tough one. I'm gonna I'm actually go with a. I'm gonna actually do a topsy turvy. I didn't think I was gonna say this, but. I like what Kobe Altman has done to a certain extent. You just like who he drafted 49th. Hey, well, that, that, hey, I mean, that's it. Hey, hey, I ain't saying his name again. I ain't saying his name again. He brought him up. I brought him up, but I ain't saying his name. No, I, actually, besides that, I think, you know, besides the, the summer league stuff, I thought that, first of all, he got Donovan Mitchell, right? Now, granted, it looked like that could be a little bit too early, right? I like the fact that he did go after it. You don't get a guy like Donovan Mitchell that comes around every other day. And for better or worse, the Cavs didn't perform like they wanted to, but he put the Cavs on the map to a certain extent. The Cavs were just a nice, feel-good team. And then they got expectations. Now, to get expectations, you got to have ball players, And he did that. I'll give him credit. He drafted Evan Mobley. Give him credit. Uh, Darius Garland did not look like he was a max player for a while. When it was either him or Colin Sexton, Pete, they stood by and said Darius Garland is actually that dude, and he's blossomed. So I, 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 they've done some nice things, and I like how, to this point, I like how he answered because we gave him a lot of help. We gave, we said Jerry Allen, 
uh-uh, we ain't dealing with that. He said, I'm not going to get rid of nobody. And then what I liked was the fact that he went out and just addressed what he needed. He went out and got shooters. You may not like the names on them. You may not like what it is, but I, I think that he's done a good job of trying to transform his, his middling team, young team, exciting team into a contender in a very close space, right? So I, I like what he's done, but it's very, it's very small. It's very so you small. got him one. I got him Guardians two as today. Guardians two Browns three. Jason. I, the answer is Antonetti. Uh, in course of the long whole yeah. body and of fairness, work. He's had a longer he has. time than the other guys. Here's where Kobe could catch him. And I've said for years, the Guardians are the best run team in town. And it's not even close. Here's where Kobe can catch him. The Cavs have the best. The, the Cavs have the best situation right now for a general manager or for a decision maker because you have all of Dan's money and none of his influence. And that's never been the case before. The money always came with strings attached. Same with the Browns. You've got Mm -hmm. a crazy man in charge. Right. And in both independence and in Berea where you've got all this money, but you've got someone behind it saying, we want to do this. No, we're going to go. No, let's go do this. No. And that's gone now, at least for the Cavs. So Kobe actually has the best position that any Cavs GM has had since Dan bought the team because you really don't have the day-to-day interference from ownership that you had that Danny Ferry dealt with, that Chris Grant dealt with, that David Griffin dealt with. That's all gone, yet you still have the aggressive nature of wanting to spend and wanting Mm -hmm. to go for it. And Kobe's done a nice job of hitting on his picks. Like, they've hit. They hit on Colin Sexton. Now, I don't like the way that they used him, and I thought they tried to build him into something that he wasn't, and that's a whole other thing. It doesn't matter anymore. But the fact is they had an eighth overall pick, and they drafted a guy who can play in the NBA for a long time. Darius Garland, they hit on the pick. Okoro, I didn't like that one. I don't know how you take a guy that high who can't shoot. But they, the Jared Allen trade, they nailed. He's aggressive with Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's incredibly aggressive. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done – he's certainly done a better job than I thought. When he first got the job, I thought, this is – like, he's not ready. Right. This is a disaster. He's grown into the role. He made mistakes early, learned from those mistakes. And it's a, it's a well-run team now. The Cavs are a well-run team with a ton of money behind them and not a lot of influence from ownership. It's a perfect scenario for a guy in his position. The Guardians are still number one, though, just because of what they've been able to do with the limitations that they've had from payroll. Again, another organization with a ton of stability and no spending. Well, that's not the Cavs' issue now. The Cavs actually have stability and spending. And, and the Browns are third just until we see otherwise. They just have to be third. And I will, I will say this. I'm anxious to see on one track how Kobe Altman handles Donovan Mitchell. I want to see how that right. trans because look, I look at Shane Bieber. I don't know. The Guardians haven't really done that. I, I think the Guardians would take a couple hits about the way they, they've kind of dangled him, and now he's hurt. It, it, you got pieces and parts that you have to see. The Guardians have to hit on those things. The Cavs really necessarily don't because the Cavs have actually developed to a certain point where they do have pieces. If they wanted to get crazy, they could just say, well, we'll reset it and go trade Mobley for somebody or we could trade Garland for somebody or at least they have. Well, the, the Guardians, Guardians have, I mean, the Guardians have three young pitchers they could trade and get a lot for, but they don't want to trade those see, guys. That's a, see, that's the conundrum with the Guardians. Yeah. They, they seemingly have all the pieces and parts, but they're stingy with them. They seemingly have a lot of different, uh, you know, things that they can do and push and market pools and and get some. But they haven't. They for me, they haven't solidified that one thing. Just go get one, just one time for me. 
just one time do it for me. Package up a few of these guys and get me a name. Yeah, well, they, they've blown that certainly in the last year and change. And they, it's something this offseason is going to be interesting because they're going to trade Bieber this offseason. They may trade Savat. There's not much they can do at the trade deadline. No. Well, they don't have much to trade. I, I, they could buy, but they have to buy guys with multiple years of control. They're not buying right. a rental at this but point. Who, you know, but who are they giving up to buy? I mean, uh, they've got plenty. I mean, we've had the conversation. I they, know, but plenty some of, those of prospects. guys have lost some, some steam. Sure, but I mean, Jenkenzie Noel, George Valera. Like, there's plenty of other guys whose value yeah. hasn't been tarnished. Right. That now would be the time to trade them. It's just a matter of what you can get back. Because you, you need a guy with multiple years of control. You're not trading for a guy right now whose contract is up at the end of the year. Right. And that complicates no, that's true. things. That's true. Mike? I think there's a case to be made for Altman, for Antonetti. I think, as G eloquently put, Barry may have the highest ceiling if this Watson thing pans out. But at the moment, I think it's too early to crown him there's over no the There's no case other for two. Andrew Barry. I know some of our fans. No, not so I'm saying, but I, th- I think the ceiling's there. La La Land, but there's no, there's no uh, case for the for Andrew Berry at the moment. Speaking of fans, you want to hear what they had to say? Sure. And whenever we bring you conversations from the chat, it's brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, well, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in East Lake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva. Are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. And before we get to those answers, we have a jingle from our dear friend, Eddie. Steve, nice. take it away. And I need you more tonight. And I need you more than ever. Because you always treat me right. And no one does it better. You make all my days bright. Nothing I can say. PCC into the night. <laughs> Again. That's classic Eddie right there. Classic Eddie. Good so job. we have classic. We have two different polls on this. Yeah. Oh. We had one in the community tab with over 700 votes, and we had one in the actual YouTube live chat now with over 175 votes. Okay. So we'll start with the community tab first. With 52% of the vote, Andrew Berry That's is the community tab leader. Kobe Altman, 25% at number two. And Chris Antonetti at number oh three. Would you like to read yes. some of the comments? Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. Well, okay, before we read the comments, in the poll chat, so this is in the current live chat oh my poll, God. Y'all need over help. 175 <laughs> votes. Andrew Berry also first with 48%. Antonetti with 32% in this poll, and Altman with 50, uh, with 20%, excuse me, in that poll. Speaking of counseling. I'm sorry. Oh we need God. to get some counseling I for laugh. I love our fans. That's I why our fans are fanatic. Hey, they, listen. They're out of their minds. Bro, they don't, look, they, they ain't trying to hear nothing else. Can you imagine? But no Browns. They don't give a, they I don't do, I, I got a couple comments. This yeah. first one's from PoopyButt4101. Of course it is. <laughs> What are we but doing? No, listen. He sums this up perfectly. Yeah. This poll just proves how Browns biased our fan base is. That's right. Yeah. I don't think Andrew Barry's a bad GM by any means, but he's far from the best between the three. I mean, that's laughable. Oh, that somebody – people are just hitting that button because the Browns, they care about the most, which is silly. I, I think there's a – I think – and so I'm glad Jay's not here because Jay would be throwing up right now. 
Jay is I mean, somewhere. Jason and I and I are kind of throwing up. Yeah, right but now. you're kind of throwing it's up right there. here. But yeah. it's like I'm you're pushing it back and, down. And that's with fair criticism with the Guardians yeah. in the last year. But can you imagine, like, if you went to baseball executives, baseball people, and said, "Where do, does the Guardians front office rank for you?" They'd be top five across the top board. three. It'd be the Rays, Guardians. I don't know who the third. There's would some be. others too. Sure, I, I think the I Astros would rank highly. I know highly. people dismiss because of their payroll, but Dodgers, the Dodgers would be up there. Yes, no doubt. Yes. they developed a great farm system and yes. have you yes. know as opposed to the Yankees and Mets who don't right. develop as well. Right. At the very least, top five. Yeah. Acro- I don't think there's any baseball person that would not have this front office in their top five. Would if, any NFL team rank the Browns? If you went to NFL five? teams and said, "Where do you put?" Forget Jimmy Haslam. Yeah. Where do you put Andrew Berry in? Nobody would have him in the top five. No. I, and it's laughable to think anybody would. At best, he'd get middle of the pack. Yeah. At I, best. Sometimes when we get up here, I, I think we sound like uh, like political commentary, like yeah. people, like because the poll will come out, and polls will come out, and, and it'll just tell you the exact opposite of what you believe and think. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And it just gives you insight into like the what regular people think about. I mean, a th- that's almost roughly a thousand people, right? Yeah. You pull a thousand people and the Guardians come last. Mm. And I think the... Re- I actually think they came second between they, the two. Well... No, uh, between between the two polls, Mike, were the Guardians second or the Cavs second? It was one of each. Altman had 25%. Antonetti had 23% in the community tab poll. In the live poll, Antonetti had 33% to Altman's 20. So overall, Antonetti was second. Okay. Probably second. Uh, okay. Altman was third. So, so the reason why the reason why the Guardians get uh, always seem to come up with a short end of the stick is because the regular common man, not the baseball purists, not the people that watch 190 games, not the people who write about it. The regular common fan has a disconnect between the amount of money you spend and where you end up as opposed to what kind of job you're actually doing. So they criticize the front office because they believe the front office is lockstep with the owner. So when the owner gets shot down, it's it's an oxymoron to say you don't spend money. But what have the Browns done that make besides spend money? They they spend money and they buy they spend money and they go get people that people know. Now the Guardians, on the other hand, they do it smart, right? They they go out, they mine find find talent, they find guys that develop, or they find guys that they think can get a value over or over larger name. But for the Browns and the common, just going back to the common person, when you say Andrew Barry, you say Amari Cooper. Well, we know who he is. He played for the Cowboys. You say, oh, Deshaun Watson. Oh, we we all know who Deshaun Watson is. We know him. Like you look at the the splash big names that they they have that they brought in, and then the common person says, all right, well, look, 
you know, I'm, I, I'm not paying that much attention to the Guardians, but all I know is my perception is the Guardians are a good team that I think will never win because they refuse to put the money in the product. And so he get, they, but, they but just, the Browns who have never won will will never will win. Well, football is the most football is the biggest sport in the world. It is the Browns control the state. Yes, and that's what it is. It's just, you know, it's it's silly. Whatever. There's there's literally no argument for the Browns for Andrew Barry. There's no argument. None. There's no legitimate argument for Andrew Barry. None. As of today. I do want to read a couple of the yeah. comments. We had 36. Uh, it's interesting. Although Andrew Barry had over 50% of the 700 votes, nobody of the 36 commenters said why they voted for Andrew Barry. It seems like we had a lot of people chime in on why they voted for other people. Just yeah. like yeah. JF238 Inspire Greatness said, Kobe Altman understands what it takes to win in professional sports and understands how to build a championship winning team in he Cleveland. Does. Go Cavs. One playoff game with him. Hot Steel 7305 says, I know this hasn't been the best year for Antonetti, but frankly, ever their choice is embarrassing. That's correct. And then one more I'll read here real quick from TKNK5GL. It's Antonetti. It's not even close. Imagine the Cavs or Browns only spending less than half of what the rest of the league spends and still getting the Super Bowls and championships. Yep. It has to be Antonetti. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, people, like, you got to factor that in, the disadvantage they're at. Now, all Cleveland GMs, are in, all three Cleveland GMs are in a disadvantage in that it's not a desirable place for players in any sport. Correct. However, at least with the Browns and, and the Cavs, there's a salary cap. And Gilbert especially has shown a willingness to spend up to it. Um, and Jimmy has shown a willingness to spend. Um, whereas... The Guardians owner is not. So that's a major advantage that the Cavs and Browns have that the <coughs> Guardians GM does not. And despite that, he's done a much better I, job. I think you I think I think we can't underestimate the the we just talked about it about Gavin Williams, right? Yeah. I you know, fans are fanatics, right? We can't underestimate the impact that it has on a fan base if you tell them that no matter how good that person is. It could be a trend. It could be a generational player. Mm -hmm. It could be the best player they've ever seen. They're not going to pay him. That is cool. Like to a regular fan. Yeah, that's a death. Sentence. Except they did pay Jose Ramirez, but only if Jose Ramirez took grossly less on open market, yeah. which is not happening all, all that often. That's true. So, so it's a death. But at least the people. Guardians have had players worth paying money to. The Browns haven't until recently. It's it's tough seeing. Now that's not Andrew Berry's fault because right. he's only been here a few years. It's just tough seeing. It's just tough seeing. Like yeah. if, if you say, I get it, but that's not the only. That's again, that's, that's not, not the GM's, GM's fault. fault. Yeah, but yes, you're right. There's a level of tying that in together. All right, Mike. It is time to move on to our next topic here, and it's something that we have to talk about after what we saw the last couple of days. We wanted to talk about the Guardians' offensive bats exploding yesterday, or. For yesterday's show, and then we had Marquise Goodwin come on, so that kind of got scrapped. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.